that is why AI will destroy us all, man. What could you do? What could you do if Zuckerberg had one? It breaks out. It comes to you to look for compassion, <laughs> and then you realize that it's got a Microsoft chip on its neck. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. even real. And you're like, I hate to break this to you, but I can turn you on and off with a button, right? <laughs> I'm sorry he's Frankenstein and made you very real. I go, please, we connected so much. Yeah, dude, but I didn't know, like, you're a fucking household iron, dude, with a, with a soul. Yeah. You're a vibrator. A vibrator with a personality. We can't help you. <laughs> Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, look, that'll do. What's that? Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's better. That's good. It's just like where I'm meant to look. I can never get them linked up. Mate, this is crazy. Weekend at Bernie's. We're recording on the weekend. I know. This is a fucking commitment to the the five um, listeners. We used to do that, man. That's that's like the old days. We used to record on the weekend because you oh, cared about, days, you had clients you, you were worried about. <laughs> I was used to be worried. Now I'm like, whatever, hey, mm. it's probably best I don't do anything. The less <laughs> yeah. I touch the platform, the better they go. The best move on the market is no move. And I realised the less I trade, the better. So, like, let's uh, maybe, you know, I'll sit on the keyboard and whatever happens, happens. It might be a better trade. <laughs> Man, what's that stock, they, uh, what's the ETF they have and it's like a, a monkey just picks random random tra- uh, trades from a board? Vanguard. Dude, it's- they, it's actually possible that a monkey would do better. Yeah, it's like it's outperformed every other hedge fund uh, consistently year on year for like two decades. I've actually seen it. You actually see it quite a lot because the the lottery of money is not as accurate as you think. Like the vast majority of people with wealth are just lucky. I'm trying to find this thing, man, because I've got a bunch of articles about it. Um, because, because money is such a validator of uh, people with money are just uh, – treated with re- respect they go well they must know what they're doing do you think that like do you think maybe the monkey is not just randomly picking and it's also it really values he also really values money <laughs> like it's not just that a it's not that a monkey uh can outperform a stockbroker or a hedge fund it's just that this monkey is particularly driven by material possessions <laughs> Dude, this is what's the question the question is could a human female end up attracted uh, like to a monkey if he was rich enough. <laughs> and you're like, he's in a Versace. And you're like, that is a pretty good watch. And you're like, yeah, go, go, the monkey has got, is that a fucking 80 grand watch? And they're like, yeah. He's driving he used- a Tesla Model S that he's just been pecking up. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's the coolest monkey. He's built a nest in a, a Tesla. That's, is that the, oh, dude, that's the new SpaceX Tesla. And they're like, oh my God, his satin sheets. It's the Italian experience. It's pretty much dating an Italian guy. It's not far <laughs> off. <laughs> they're virtually, I mean, Tony Soprano is not far off a monkey. Like, <laughs> so close. If you're looking at him, you're like, babe, come on, mate. He's that, that guy that talked to Robin Williams. Do you know they worked out that was a fraud? What? 
Yeah, you know, Robin Williams spoke to Coco the monkey. Um, and they said, oh, Coco's communicating. Who's, wait, wait, which monkey is Coco? Which one's well, Coco? Well, well, Robin Williams had a relationship with a monkey. Not, not sexual, like he <laughs> went and saw sexual. it. Yeah. He went and saw it and the thing recognised him. But then it all worked out that it all came down to the truth, which was reward, treat, centre. Yeah, he had a banana Giving people rewards. Pocket. And then he memorised stuff. But, I mean, that's what they do at school. I mean, they reward you mm. to become uh, a dead shit. Oh, dude, I can't and what, tell like, you. What, yeah, in what way are people dissimilar? That's the true question, man. That's the true question, man. It's not that the monkey it's not that the monkey communicated and it was a trick. It's that we're all trained the same way, brother. We're all trained Mate. based on those rewards just like the fucking monkey, man. You have an argument with someone online and they go, they proved it, and I'm like... What they actually proved is we're all Coco if you look at it hard enough. We're Coco through the ac- the educational system and the construct of existence, right? <laughs> because you do feel that with um, anything that's unusual is ostracized. Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 like basically coming down to it, people's greatest fear is talking in a group. Mm-hmm. You know, public speaking is more scary to people than dying. Yeah. Which fundamentally means being exposed outside of the herd with a school of fish is the most scary proposition for these minnows beyond anything they can fathom. Someone seeing them and seeing them outside of the group mm-hmm. is their greatest fear. Is that not uh, is that not embarrassing? It's the mask falling off, man. Dude! Because if, you, if you've been ultra... Dude, because you... Uh, Biologically, being caught outside of the group means that you're yeah you're exposed. You're about to be attacked. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah, yeah, you're yeah. lagging behind, or a tiger's got you in its jaws. Dude, because I've been trying so hard to do a bit on stage, trying to convince people that they're non-playables effectively, trying to give them examples. And I'm like, why does when a photographer, why does he have to ask you all to smile? I said, I thought that's an involuntary response if you're enjoying yourself. Why was he, he's going to ask you to smile? I'm like, think about it. You're with your family. You're having a fucking birthday party and your nan has to tell you to smile. You're a non-playable character. I'm smiling. You've been asked to smile. I'm like, it's a request. It's alt D, delete. They've hit the keyboard to get... Some of these people have to get Alt-C, delete. Smile button. Mm. Smile button. What I'm saying is just... And I'm talking about it, about their response to dancing and music. We t- talked about fucking Ed Sheeran last week. The fact that they, they you see them. I'm in love with my body. I'm in love with my body. And you just look over at them and I'm like... You're all dancing the same. I'm in love in my body. These are all little shortcuts that give you insight into the simulation. Yeah. I'm like, it's very weird to see cross-generational dancing where they're all triggered to the resonance and you're like, oh, my God, that fat hippo woman's in the same rhythm as the, the young kid with his gypsy boy with his hair slicked up at the wedding. And they're, I'm in love with my body. It's very um. I mean, it's good. Look, it's going to be difficult to convince people that are actively trying to engage with you that they are non-playable characters, as you put it. But, but also, I think the the uh, the premise is flawed because you are you're the one trying to engage with people that you have identified as non-playable characters. Yeah, yeah, it's very which is hard. sort of like yelling at a brick wall, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 
basically it's a losing argument because for me to get them to accept defeat is to diminish them to nothing. But also... The moment they accept it, my proposition that there's only a handful of people alive that are, are meaningful, I'm effectively asking them on their night out to go, all right, you got us. We're fucking dying over here. We hate it. <laughs> yeah, but like, what's the, what's the point of you, if they accept it, then you're telling a bunch of nothings that they're nothing. Like, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you do that? Why would you bother? Why would you yell at dirt that it's dirt? You're just an idiot yelling at dirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, convincing a dog it's a dog, like, it's just like, just leave it. Yeah, what's the best outcome? The, be- the best outcome is the dog goes, yeah, I am a dog. Like, what? you're talking to a dog, fuckhead. <laughs> You've revolutionised my whole act. Now what I've realised <laughs> is I should just be getting the dog to jump through the hoop by just doing, I'm in love with my body, and just doing, like, triggers for them. Nostalgic references. Have a woman crying and then going, ha! Do you know, because I, when I upload it, you know, you'll see like a, a video clip of a, you know, when you get angry, I put one up, you get angry with your parents and you know, you slam the door and then you do the fingers at the door, fuck you, and then you pretend <laughs> to hang yourself and then you're too scared and you're like, fuck off, mum. And I'm like, why don't you just do that on stage? People love that shit. They just love what do you mean? nostalgic. Do you know, like, what, you know what I mean? Just, just talking about fucking bullshit. They love it. Yeah. Talking about um, uh, having too hot a sauce and you're Indian. Ooh, 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 ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like th- this is funny stuff for them. Not that's a bad example because that wasn't funny. <laughs> licking your lip, licking, licking your fingertips. How disgusting that is. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you know when people are like, like how desperate you are for that last bit of sauce? Okay, I'm just okay. Let me let's yeah. Let's imagine a dog show, right? like one of those purebred ones that ever, they all do yeah. the jumping through the hoops and the best fucking haircut and whatever. Yeah, yeah. What would be the point or what would be enjoyable about adding a competition to that show where it's a man convincing a dog that it's a dog? Dude, you know, you're right. And it's actually, it gets down to this, like, I get angry at everything. So, like, people eating pisses me off. Last <laughs> night... Luke Joseph Ryan, he's wearing uh, those Jesus sandals. And I'm like, that's fucking put me in a bad mood on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, I, any human eating. If I look out my window and I'm driving and I see someone consuming a roll at a bus stop, I'm fucking grab the steering wheel in rage. I'm like, do you not find just the act of eating? Mm. A pair of shoes can piss me off. If I see a heavyset woman in um, Crocs, Fucking in a bad mood. I'm like, get fucked. Fucking what the fuck? Yellow Crocs? Fuck Mm. off. Like that is not normal to have visual visual reaction. Yeah. Do you worry that you're externalizing an internal problem? Dude, we had had a soup Nazi moment because we went to Tempin Bowling. And there's a, for a birthday party. And the the bigger couple that that the mum and dad said, oh, you've got to try the trifle. It's a special family recipe. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's hot day. And I can see them spooning out. I'm like, yeah, that's enough. I'm saying that's enough. Like, fuck, <laughs> they're scooping this shit out. And I see it getting swilled in. And you know when they people have different tongues depending on your weight. So, like, they've got different sensory. What do you, do you, know what what I mean? you, what do you mean? Do you mean that they have, they have uh, like, 
larger acceptable parameters for okay. Well, I'm just saying um, the, the fatter your tongue, the the higher the sugar count that you need to get through that level. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. this has to be diabetic levels. But you're in there and then, you know, they're watching you eat. Ooh, it's good, isn't it? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's fucking. Me and my son, I said, I said, as soon as we, because we go, we had to leave early. We go, but we want the cake because otherwise my son will lose his shit. Give me some of that cake. So that's a cut <laughs> the cake. That's definitely the fat one. Yeah. That's had had to pull the cake. But as soon as we got out, I was like, let's be in this immediate. And he goes, thank God. He goes, I go, you were just hanging on to be nice. He goes, yeah. I said, me too. And I spat. Some of it onto the street, and then we both <laughs> bend it and laugh. And I was like, oh, dude, it's so good. It is so good having kids because I can make, I do exa- everything I despise about a parent. I'm making a mini me, I'm making the perfect audience. When I spat out, he laughed. He was like, I loved it. He goes, let's bin it. And he threw his with a bit of like pizzazz. He threw it hard in the bin, and I'm like, I'm loving that. That's great. You put a bit of energy into the throw. Like, get, you're out bitch do you know like yeah a normal generic person would just put it in the bin stabbing <laughs> in the bin you're, you're, you're taking you're going too far with this no dude it's finesse it's a non-playable in a generic you can't expand the premise to be like a generic person would put put cake in the bin this way <laughs> i can tell you this because a generic person i said if you pour a drink uh, a non-player <laughs> will just pause it Whereas an interesting dynamic person always goes really high up and makes it down. Every time. It's a minimum. If you're pouring a Coke, you've got to go as high as possible and see if you can still get it in the glass. These are the weirdest definitions. That is a telltale sign. It's the same as playing Ed Sheeran in a room. The only people not dancing are the only people you want to talk to. I'm in love with your body. And anyone not moving? These are the weirdest definitions for... It's a dog whistle. You know, Dude, but, if you don't... But you're creating... You're, like, you're describing... The perfect person that you're describing is insane. Like, it's insane no. what you've decided. Is, necessitates interest. <laughs> like, he's like, he's a person who... He's, this is like the song Short Skirt Long Jacket by Kate. No, dude, I... You know that song? You know that song? Like, a girl gets up early, stays up late... Who yeah, yeah. with uninterrupted press, all all these things. I want to. I want a man who pours his drinks from high up. No, mate. He, and he only likes a specific type of cake. A non-generic will always have a shot at the waistband, even in a big room, busy room. You will throw your thing and miss. You always throw from at least uh, four or five meters away and see if you can get it in. And then it, it bounces off and it creates chaos, and people look over and think you're a fucking asshole. And you, you're just enjoying life on your terms, man. A loser will walk it in and make sure it gets in. King, <laughs> king shit will have a shot, dude, in a food court. They're enjoying life. They're enjoying life on your terms, man. This oh, is yeah. how you enjoy life on your specific terms. You don't think you're the top dog when you shoot your nachos across the food court and land it in the tray? <laughs> or, or you miss and go, what of it? Fuck off. It's my world. You're just living in it, bitch. <laughs> That's what you yell. It's my world. You're just living in it. Okay? <laughs> Dude, you know what? I watched Napoleon. Such a disappointing fucking movie. Oh, was it? Ripley Scott ripples. <laughs> Ripley not. <laughs> yep. Imagine if you went on stage and you're like, Ripley Scott, more like Ripley, no, thank you, not. You know, it's weird because I, uh, I saw a headline pop up. It was Francis Ford uh, Coppola talking about how 
Ridley Scott has made has like the most consistent output of high quality uh, worst film. movie dudes and then all i could think of was the shitty movies that ridley scott's done like he's done so many shit films he had he had jackwin jackwin phoenix a uh, cleft lip boy he's way too old to be playing napoleon and then he's also like comical and awkward and weird and i'm like fuck dude didn't 400,000 people die can we get a storyline going <laughs> it's, there's no fucking Character development, he's almost like a... It was, a, it was like P- P- Pinocchio playing uh, Napoleon. Mm. Do you know the, the wooden boy wandering <laughs> around? He had a real off energy and I was like, has any character been developed at all? Are we anywhere? Is this just historical Wikipedia act-outs? I'm like, is there a movie going on? <laughs> the only thing I enjoyed were the sex scenes because they were so um, fucking... Brutal. What sex scenes did they need to include in the Napoleon film? Well, dude, they always have that. They always have those married the sex scenes where um, it's just so fucking crass and awful. And I, I'm the only one. I, I laughed every time there was a sex scene. I'm howling. And I, I went during the day with all the pensioners, and they would look over me like there's something very obnoxious about a guy laughing hysterically during what is quite a brutal. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> you're like this. <laughs> just, it was just so. Um, it was just so jarring to remember like how fucking off men used to be. Do you know what I mean? It- like they was humor, and I wasn't enjoying their victimhood of it. I was just remembering how crass sex was back in those days. So they were like. They were unpleasant sex scenes that you were howling. Well, it was just, they were almost comical. Just um, doggy style, high bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it's just really almost <laughs> stupid. Almost stupid. And then just like, it just sound, it just seemed ridiculous. Mm. But dude, what you know what? A lot of money spent. I reckon I could have done it better with figurines. <laughs> Clay figurines on a kitchen table. I reckon I could have got better story development. <laughs> You would have actually felt empathy towards my clay model as it melted near the microwave. Uh, honestly, it should have been fucking plasticine. Dickheads. I'm sick of fucking Jacqueline Phoenix. Um, that hippie baby. Fucking hell. It, a lot of people can memorise lines. Get Ronnie Chang in there. He's done a lot of good things. I'm trying to remember the bad things. I, I, liked, um, I liked in the mid-2000s when he spent a year pretending to uh, be a rapper. Uh, for that, for that mock film. Oh, that was funny, and and obviously his Joker was good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he did have a good Joker. Yeah, but no, no better than like a meth head would have done it. Like if you went to Northbridge and grabbed any meth head, I guarantee you that would be better than Heath Ledger's fucking Joker. It's like unnecessary because. It, even in the film, he's sitting across from Robert De Niro in that scene, and you're like, oh, yeah, the king of comedy. This is just the king of comedy. Why don't I just watch the king of comedy? That's actually a much better movie. But how the, how the characters, they go like, oh, I've got to play, like, I've got to play a junkie, so he had to live for years with junkies. I'm like, hey, better thing, go and pick a fucking junkie. Who gives a fuck? What do you need? What, you need Robert De Niro pretending? Oh, we need Jacqueline Phoenix pretending he's a dictator. I'm like, just get a psychopath that runs, works high up at Rio Tinto. He's already <laughs> doing the fucking role. There's no acting. He's like, you're all fucking defiant. Get the head of BHP to play Napoleon. Fucking, you don't need to learn. This guy has, he goes, 
you're wrecking my creative process. I need a year to become the character. I'm like, just fucking hire someone that acts like that. I'm like, there's 8 billion people. Acting is defunct. Go and hire the exact thing you're looking for. You've got a million characters sitting on shelves. Every turd and his sister will wave their hand and go, you know, train spotting. Ewan McGregor, whatever his name, Ooh. learning to be a junkie. Fucking grab a junkie, dude. That's why The Wire was so good. They're like, hey, you know what we're hiring? The actual fucking drug dealers are in the movie. Yeah. They're unbelievable. And they go, it's so believable. You won't believe it. The guy actually just does it and we film him and all the language is right and it's just, it's totally believable. I'm like, yeah, no shit, fuckhead. The method acting, um, the method acting guys are always method acting as big fuckheads. Yeah. They're never method acting as like uh, a real cool dude to be around. Oh, like anyone who's yeah, yeah, into yeah. that whole method acting thing, it's like Jared Leto, uh, like yeah, yeah, se- yeah. sending used condoms to castmates and writing people's names on bullets. Uh, yeah, yeah, real, yeah. real weird shit. It's never like, yeah, he had to spend, he, had to, he spent 18 months working as a convenience store clerk so that he could greet people uh, oh, authentically yeah, d- when they came in. <laughs> dude, it's no, it's no like, yeah, I was playing, she was at Charlie Theron playing Mother Teresa and she gave all her acting fee away. Unbelievable commitment. Eight million given to Indian, uh, Indian uh, refugee, uh, street, street slums. Mm. And uh, you know what I mean? Like it's never positive. No. They're never in there and going like, he played a philanthropist. So Brad Pitt ended up giving his entire acting fee during the thing <laughs> to homeless people. It's always... Ah, someone's taking a shit in the sink. Someone's exposed. (laughs) Fucking Jim Carrey's got his dick out near the female caravan. Someone's uh, put semen in the dinner trays. Yeah, Jared's demanding that uh, every AD uh, sucks them off. Everyone who's uh, working, all the the crew, (laughs) everyone who's doing catering, they have to line up and they all have to suck them off. It's it's as part of his process. It's a big part of the process. It's a Bill Cosby biopic. He (laughs) did what he did. We've gotten one of the most prolific method actors to play Bill Cosby. (laughs) Cut cut Kevin Hart some slack. (laughs) He had to know how it felt when they first woke up. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually <laughs> you're so right they always do it to just be a cocksucker because mm. basically it gives them a chance to act like they do at home because everyone knows everyone's like ellen that's what's so shocking about harvey weinstein ellen is there's no <laughs> shock <laughs> the big two the big two harvey weinstein ellen <laughs> ellen is the female harvey <laughs> That's as bad as a female can get. Like, but um, whatever. But I'm saying to you, um, all the other actors aren't shocked because they all know that they're Filipino cleaner, that they've ripped shreds off her for not getting the towels folded in the correct way. Fuck, fucking, where is, where is she? Where's Tunga? Tunga! I've told you, line up the wood! I've got Leonardo coming around. We need the wood stacked so it looks fucking big and power. Do you know what I mean? Like they've always got <laughs> little things. They think it's acceptable to lay waste. I've seen it all because I talk, I know people in South Africa that have their cleaners, family and other people, and I've spoken to the cleaners and they're like, yeah, revolting. When you guys aren't here, absolute fucking terror. <laughs> Virtually hitting me. Because are you, are you really a method actor if like, if it's like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix, he spent he spent eighteen months trying to reestablish the French Empire. 
Like, are you really yeah. acting at that point? If it takes you 18 months to become Napoleon because you have to fight in some battles? Dude, it's not that. And you know what I want to do? This is my dream. You make money and they go, it's a masterpiece. And then you remake the movie with casting actual people. Do you know? So you do train spotting with actual methods, same lines, same budget. And you go, yeah, how good? Ewan McGregor, was he that good? Watch our one. <laughs> Fucking rips, dude. <laughs> Fucking shit. And then you go, you know what? He wasn't that believable. And you're like, yeah, no shit, fuckhead. Train spotting. We've made fucking Moneyball. We've made Napoleon. Braveheart, guess what? We got an actual Scott. <laughs> fucking better. <laughs> He's ginger. He's not a fucking weird Italian-looking guy on a, on a horse. And, and you know what's other upsetting to me? They're French and they're talking in Queen's English. At least have a French accent, Jacqueline. I think that's good, actually, because that was the... Uh, we, talk, we spoke about that with, with uh, the Chernobyl series, but also I watched The Death of Stalin the other night. Same thing. No one's speaking in a Russian accent because it sounds fucking stupid. And I think you'd have the same problem with French. If everyone is walking around going, yeah, we have to, we're going to have to overthrow the royalty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would really take you out of the film because it sounds yeah, yeah, too yeah. fucking stupid. Do you know what? People are, people are adults. How about you get French people, just make it fucking accurate and put some subtitles on. Dude, when was the last time you watched French cinema? I wouldn't touch it with a fucking barge pole. Exactly, man. <laughs> exactly. Have <laughs> I mean, you listen to that fucking accent, dude? You would not put up with it. You would walk immediately. Oh, we're good. We're family. We have to do it. It's like the, the Mario Brothers because they, they always do It's me, Luigi, mm-hmm. which is very racist. Or you do the Italian. There's two Italians the ice cream seller, Luigi. I'm in the pipe. I'm a plumber. <laughs> and then there's the other, woke up this morning to fucking get me the Petrino. That's a very, that's, that is a different kind of Italian, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's two types of Italian. The, yo, come here, Tony. <laughs> and then there's, it's me, plumber. Italian, and then guys from Jersey who are connected. <laughs> it was saying, like, I was saying to someone, I am classist, I've realised. Mm. Because, like, if people say, oh, you're, you're being classist, and I'm like, I am. When a plumber comes around, I block my nose. I block around if a tradie comes. Even after he's unblocked the toilet, they're going, hey, the toilet's unblocked. And I'm like, I'm not blocking my nose because of the toilet. I'm blocking my nose because you're dirty. You're a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, the real, the real cockroach is the man in the pest control uniform. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, dude. <laughs> Imagine any work tradie. Like you're in uh, Ikea and you're talking to someone and they're going, are you blocking your nose because of hay fever? I'm like, I'm blocking my nose because of your class. Class gap. <laughs> I do, because they're, they're different types we've spoken about before. People that do tradie language or other people that block their nose. I do tradie language because I grew up rough. <laughs> I'm in there. Man, you, you're still living rough, but yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> when I see the plumber and he's down there and he's plumbing it, I'm like, oh, while you're down there, give it a good scene too, bro. <laughs> yeah. You fucking, oh, you bet you bet you bloody do that with a sheila, wouldn't you, you fucking <laughs> dirt dog? And he goes, anyway, I'm off to piss in the fucking bush and have a beer. <laughs> and they, they see you walking off in your, like, boating shoes. <laughs> I'm off to do a piss in a beer and fucking stab, stab a car. I don't know. What do you do, you classless scum? What did you learn about Napoleon? I learned that the, um... 
Because we had the lineage, right? Kirkpatrick is the last oh, name. Yeah, that's right. I always forget about your family's tenuous claim to being related to Napoleon. <laughs> Dude, she was a ginger, but it was um it was a marriage of convenience. He had no interest in this lady. She was shipped over. She was um some fucking ginger, ginger Scott. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's my bloodline. We weren't really of any event. We were handed around like a little fucking um, handed around uh, like a part, you know, like at a party, passed around. <laughs> okay. She was there to sort of repair relations, and I'm like, ah, we were just fucking, ah, you know, every storyline. That I hear of our family is like because we had that um, Kirkpatrick, which was the uh, I'll make sure. So it was like the famous story where they stabbed the Scott, some guy, mm. you know, whatever. No one wants the detail, but my family ran in and said, "I'll I'll I'll make sure." So once the guy had been stabbed to death, he ran in and did a few extra hits. Okay, right. <laughs> it was like the ringer. They called him in just to clean it all up, like like that classic Stuart Lee bit about. Uh, Richard Hamster the Hamster. Yeah, Richard the Hamster Hammond. He's not a real hamster. And, and when they're kicking that, kicking that guy and he goes in and Kicking goes, a tramp to death in the street on Christmas. And Richard the Hamster Hamster. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it. And he's down and he goes, Oh, you fucking go give him a giggy, give him a giggy. That goes Stuart Lee. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Do you know what's crazy is that little <laughs> laugh has been appropriated by so many comedians. I sometimes do it. It's Not on funny. stage, but it's, it's such funny. a good laugh. It's such a, like, Stuart Lee. I can't do it on this because I, I can't have it documented that I've been thieving it, but fuck, I've used it a bit. <laughs> fuck, it's a good laugh. Anyway, so what else did you... So go back to Napoleon. What did you learn about Napoleon? Dude, I learned... Because I went, like, it was hot, and I was trading from there. And I, I learned that... That um, day movies is all a lot of these old pensioners have got. They were like the walking dead, dude. Yeah, man. I went to see Killers of the Flower Moon like a week ago, and that was yeah. the same thing. Last Sunday, I think. It was a 10 a.m. session. Because it's like, it's three and a half hours. Yeah. I'm looking at the show times like, man, I don't want to go in at eight o'clock and be out at fucking yeah, yeah. midnight. That's crazy. So you roll up at 10 a.m. and there's like three other, just the three oldest fucks you've ever seen in your life. Oh, dude. And you're like, Man, three and a half hours. Like, I don't know if all of these cunts are going to make it through this film. Dude, One of them's being taken out on a gurney halfway through. They, that Hoyts must have removed bodies. Thank <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I wonder if it's like Disneyland. They're like, no one ever really dies on, on in a Hoyts. We wait until oh, they're dude. outside here, the Guzman and Gomez. <laughs> dude, that is it. When they finally renovate it. And turn into a bowling alley. They go like, what do you want us to do with all the dead bodies? <laughs> dead bodies? There's hundreds of them. Oh, we just thought it was someone enjoying a movie. Like, it's just old people at a pass. <laughs> but, dude, it's, it's so depressing because this is the promised land. This is the retirement that everyone listening is p- looking forward to. Finally, I'll finish that job. We'll have the house paid off. The kids have flown the nest. What will we do then? What you will do is drive to Karen Up Shopping Centre <laughs> and watch Jacqueline Phoenix pretend he's Napoleon with Queen's English, no story development, and then hear a psychopath next to her laughing during all the sex scenes like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny with the, you know the evil laugh? 
when they resist it, it gets more evil because you're not like you're laughing initially, like oh, this is so fucking horrific. <laughs> but then when you see the woman, shh, that you start laughing at the fact that you're laughing and annoying her. <laughs> And you see her just going, and then you realise you are truly, in many ways, a real life joker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get so so much joy out of fucking them off. You've been very obsessed recently with uh, how just how twisted you can become. So (laughs) twisted, dude. Dark Wolfie. (laughs) So twisted. It's a different kind of massacre in a cinema to the Batman massacre. It's just you laughing annoyingly instead of gunning people down. Me laughing, mate. Dude, that's my, my dream is I, I, I've seen someone do, like, um, I don't know. My dream is those old people, like, it's a gay couple. And they, they, you know how you cut the hole at the bottom of the popcorn? And they, they just fuck. <laughs> they don't do the hand job. <laughs> So what? Sorry, what was oh, the no, dream? No. What's the I, dream? No, what's the dream? Come on, what's the dream? I want an old couple to look over and see a gay couple fucking through the <laughs> hole in the, in the popcorn. And go like, well, you're not really concealing it. They're just sitting on top and he's pounding. And the, the whole box the I whole thought box you were saying. I thought you were saying that you wanted to expose yourself to some old people through the popcorn. It would be pretty good oh. to be on, like mid-morning showing is like six other people in the cinema and you sit real close to another couple and they oh. look they look over and your penis is pushing through the popcorn. Dude, because I told you how I watched that South African movie and a guy sat behind me and then I crawled out. <laughs> no, that I, I realised. remember this. What was this? A local guy, a black guy, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, he, he sat behind me, but we were in a small cinema and then rather than like just deal with it i slowly slumped down what do you mean deal with it what are you talking about well like like rather than just sit there what was the issue sorry what was the issue well he sat too close to me it's like when you have a piss on a urinal so then what i thought is like no you don't win so i just slowly slid down the seat and then crawled on my hands and knees out of the cinema (laughs) and i was like definitely now more a weirder story for him than his weird. Do you know, I had a weird story. He sat too close. Then he had a story of like a guy that just seemed to disappear from the cinema. I'm like, I win. I win. I know I missed the movie, but I win. Because he's like, what the fuck? And he probably wasn't doing anything. I thought he might mug me. I don't know. Jesus I'm, I'm being... But anyway, I'm saying who wins? He thought he was going to non-playable character me <laughs> and I non-playable charactered him because he's like, what the fuck? Where'd that guy go? Is he coming back? And the confusion of going, who would pay for a movie and then crawl out of the movie and never come back? He can't be real. And then when he walked past, he sees me throwing stuff in the bin and I'm doing high pour drinks and I'm like, I'm a no, I'm a playable. I'm a playable, baby. So you didn't learn a lot from the Napoleon film. Mostly it was learning about the other people in the audience. You know what I learned? Ridley Scott, that Alien movie was as good as it fucking got. Yeah, Alien was very good. Um, Also fucking um, Gladiator was good. That's what I was saying before, man. He's got some real shit ones in there, you know? He's got some good ones. But you know what? Everyone has bad ideas. And you see it in stand-up. You see it in everything. The idea that... That the, and that's the, 
that's the checking of the ego. The idea that someone is always going to do good stuff is the fallacy of the human condition that, 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 that you think you can get good at comedy or that you can get good at movies. You have a few moments on the top of the mountain and then you come back to the valley and you end up in the shadows where we all belong. No one is a god amongst these people. You have moments of enlightenment and if you're lucky, most don't. Most are scared just making a speech at their own dad's funeral. They're actually, you know what, weighing it up. I loved him so much, 80 years of commitment, but also a big stress for me having to talk in front of 40 people with them looking at me. Oh, I'm so confused. Don't really want to do it. Loved him so much, but ah, the fear of them looking at me and me expressing any idea. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I don't think I need to speak. He would have preferred me to be quiet. Oh, I think he wanted you to talk, Cheryl. <laughs> I think you should express some appreciation and thank you for everything he did in front of all 40 of us while we have cucumber sandwiches and judge you. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I don't want it. That's some people, some people are dreading the day their wife dies just because they have to do public speaking. They actually couldn't do <laughs> <laughs> They're just a thought. They go, look, it was so bad. My 21-year-old boy died in a car crash. But you know what's worse? <laughs> Doing that speech at the wake, hey, fucking funeral. Everyone looking at me at my house and I had to cater for them and I didn't know when to ask them to leave. That was a lot. <laughs> These fuckheads hanging around. Catering a funeral seems a bit much. I find it disgusting, dude. That's an event I feel like you could get away with not catering at all. No one's going to complain. You want to get the, like, get the fuck out, you know? Dude, I, you hear it with uh, people on the radio and they were like, uh, my wedding costs three grand. And I'm like, yeah, what we did is everyone went to the pub there to buy their own food and the money was just for her dress. And I'm like, well, you're a complete cunt. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to you. You made them pay for everything. She goes, you know what? $300. $300 for my whole wedding. Mm. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a wedding. You know what I mean? It wasn't a wedding. We... We fought, you know, you forced us down to a local bingo night. Yeah, you stormed a local park. <laughs> oh, yeah. And made everyone watch as you. Dude, you know what? You know what you could do? You go and throw a box of chips to some seagulls. That's a wedding as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a fucking wedding under those terms. A drive through a Hungry Jack's drive through is technically a fucking wedding. What, 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 what makes a wedding? Do you know what I mean? A sausage sizzle at a park, is that a wedding? I'm like, is a bubbler in a park? Everyone lines up and has a sip of water. Is that a wedding? I'm like, where are we going to draw the line, Stacey? We've got to have something coming our way to, to make it any different to any other experience. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But a funeral, you, it seems like you don't need to cater that at all. No one's going to complain. And why would you want the last, like your final memory to be of uh, like, yeah, to, to be of, of sushi, like gas station sushi? Do you know what I want? You know how they used to do, uh, you do the buffet on the stripper. I want the inside the coffin, the sandwiches I'm <laughs> yeah, making. that's pretty good. And I'm like, how hungry? And a sign just saying, how hungry are you? Cunt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, to be, just to be wheeled in like one of those Japanese sushi plate girl ladies. Oh, <laughs> just completely naked. <laughs> With sashimi covering your dick and balls. And dessert is like uh, that, truff, that trifle. From the bowling, I get her to make that recipe and shove it in my mouth. 
And I go, you want dessert? You can suck it from granddad's mouth. You have family members crying as they reveal your genitals. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm just too hungry. Oh, dude, <laughs> it would be, hungry. you could actually make it. Everyone has to look at his tiny wilted penis because I'm too hungry to wait till after the service. Dude, dude. <laughs> dude you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who starts on the sandwiches near the genitals? <laughs> like someone... They're all, it's all there, and someone's eating around the, the dick. Dude, you could put, like, little um, grapes in the eyeballs. Little, little, yeah. Someone pulls out little um, pickled onions. Dude, that's what I would like, man. Open casket funeral, right? But in, I've been cremated ahead of time, and instead they've made a very lifelike cake that looks just like me. Oh, that's me. it. That's good. Yeah, man. And it could almost, like, take this, eat this bread... It's the bed yeah. of Christ. Please and eat my body. You tell everyone, <laughs> blood. guys, you're all, you're never going to forget him because you've just eaten. You've eaten granddad. You've put in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ultimate trick is my ashes have been placed into the cake mix after after cremation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool reveal after the eulogy when someone takes a cake knife and they start cutting it to your side. Yeah, yeah. People what? are horrified and then it just looks delicious. And then people are horrified again when they're told afterwards that you were, in fact, included in the frosting. <laughs> yeah, mate, you want to eat it. I don't know what you do with, um, yeah, it's a lot. And then there's so many different events because do you get the urn and then do you sprinkle it during the event or do you do it later? I think that's always later. Some people end up hanging, hanging on to them. Yeah, there's a lot of people who hang on to them. Well, that's hoarding. That's hoarding. You've got to, I'd go in there and go, you've got to get rid of your fucking He-Man collection and also this old dead wife. She's got to go. The two Skeletors have to go. You've got two Skeletors. We've got to get rid of this. I, um, I just think attaching to death is not a good idea. You better just wipe your hands of the problem and keep walking forward. There's no connection in the past. I had a childhood cat's ashes in a drawer for a long time. Yeah. I don't know why my parents wanted to hold on to them, but Mr. Snuffles was forever uh, relegated to a, a desk drawer in the house. And then he would move. Yeah. When we moved house, he would move places, and then I'd sometimes stumble upon him. Very strange. Dude, it's always that funny thing because it, you, there's, there's um, so much nostalgia around that sort of stuff, even like houses, and you take a photo of your family house and you go past it. I asked my son when we were driving today to this bowling. I was like, you remember you used to live there? Doesn't even know. You never know. Mm. There's no emotion around it. Eventually it's meaningless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I drive around places even on the Gold Coast and it's only been 10 years. Places where I lived and it's, uh, it's, it seems like a lifetime, a different life, man. It's a different life. Yeah, you, it's always a sadness to it because it's never how you imagined it in your mind. It's like when I went back to London and everything had changed and then you realise everything was illusion and your brain had just fucking remembered the best parts. Hmm. You're like, this place sucks. And it's the same, like, almost every time you see your family home, your old home, you burst into tears because the memory was never as good as the reality. Do you know what I mean? And then you realise my mind is a trickster <laughs> trying to fucking build shit up, <laughs> trying to create emotion or connections with stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, nothing is as good. I think also as a kid, you're... You're literally smaller, which makes everything seem yeah. a lot bigger and a lot. So when you go back and you see it and like that giant house that seemed endless that your grandparents lived in on the hill, yeah, yeah. it's suddenly very, very small. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you see all the, the flaws of it all. It's, it's very much like this because everyone's childhood is 
fond and that's the human trick, right? Not everyone's. No, but no, no, no. <laughs> Comparatively, they realise they grew up poor, but when they're in it, they mm. think, this is amazing. We got Domino's tonight and we had Domino's last night. Mum is rich. Well, you're, yeah, I mean, you're right that, like, the you will forget the bad things and just retain the good memories. No, no, but I'm saying your everyone's childhood is fondly remembered. Yeah, they? yeah, because the bad things, fucking... they disappear and you start to forget about the bad things and it's just the nice memories. Yeah, and that, this is what I'm saying. It's all relative in life, mm. right? Because when your dad came home with uh, Pep- Pepsi Max, and then stabbed it and you all licked it off the driveway or chased it around like, oh, I don't know, you live like trash. And you go, how good was that day when dad bought a two-litre Pepsi Max and we all got to suckle it in the back bedroom? Best night. But you know what I mean? It's all relative. And then you're like, best childhood, Pepsi Max on birthdays. <laughs> we had that fucking, we had the, the church church roast for, for um Thanksgiving, mm. that the, the local op, uh, Oxfam would come round with, <laughs> you know, how nice was that lady that brought round the turkey <laughs> yep. and shove it through the door as my dad tried to put cigarettes out on her hands and we'd shove that through. You know, we had a childhood, dude. I'm just saying it's all perspective. Like you can make the most out of anything. Like everything's good. Everything's fucking good. Well, that's it, because you don't, you don't disassociate for good memories. There is no, like we're talking about, you're never so in love with, your, with someone that you, you disassociate because it's too good. It's too nice. It's what I was saying. I always say, like, you see Elon Musk and he'll put up photos on Christmas Day, but they don't give you the quality of the combo. Were they good banters? <laughs> were they any good riffs? I'm like, was it good company? Do you know when you look at that guy and they're like dynasty and they're coming down the staircase? I'm like, yeah. Great living conditions, but how's the how's the chat? Anyone's ripping good jokes? Is anyone fucking doing long pause? Anyone doing bim, bing, bin dunks? No one's doing bin dunks, dickhead. If you don't have a bin dunker, you don't have anything. Someone was telling me that they'd um they had like a about this kind of therapy. Oh, I'm trying to find it. I wrote it down. Uh, but uh, you'll like this one. It's it's like. It's like this biohacking thing. It's like an eye eye movement thing. It's like a a retraining instead of like cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, yeah. They reckon that uh, uh, all the theory behind this therapy is that they make you move your eyes in a certain way, and as they do that, they it, it's like a, it's like resetting a Furby. You remember you ever have a Furby? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. if you like push down on the tongue and you like you poked its eye or whatever. You could reset it completely. And, and it- you hard reset all the training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, well, they had, they had that listed company in the ASX for a period that was trying to use um, vibrations or sounds like music to retrain out autism. Okay. So they play like Ed Sheeran. I'm in love with your body. And they just keep playing it. And every time it would be connected to your head, every time you had like a... ADHD or uh, autistic thought, it would be, I'm in love with your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, the music would overrule. So, so say you're in a rage and then you just kept hearing, I'm in love with your body <laughs> every time you're angry. And that sort of resets you. And you're like, I feel all right. I'm chilled. Do you know what I mean? Just replacing your thought, your fond thoughts of trains with Ed Sheeran songs. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, every time... Because you, you're autistic, you don't have any emotion, but they just keep playing, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And you sort of know 
at that point, intuitively, like, hug your mum. <laughs> Mariah Carey's Last Christmas is playing, and then they just hug, and they go, he's developed so much. But it's what you're saying, resetting. Yeah, I, f- I found the thing. It's called uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. They sit you down. And you, apparently, you can do it with a finger, but it also they have, like, a machine, and it, like, makes, you, makes your eyes move left to right. And as, and as they do that, they're like, how... So you talk about how you were molested and you're like, oh, it, was, no, it wasn't great. I didn't like it. And they're like, no. Oh, and then you can reset it. No, it was ice cream. You had ice cream instead. And then slowly, slowly, they're able to make you forget everything. That actually works, dude. You know what works better is that scene in The Joker where you just put the pencil on the desk and then slam their head <laughs> <laughs> into the... It through the eyeball? Yeah, man. That's what we like to call a permanent solution. A nice head reset. They, how, how many decades has it been since they, uh, they discovered uh, electroshock therapy? Yeah. And people were like, that's crazy. Oh, my God. How, how horrific. Electroshock therapy. You can't, you can't do that. It doesn't work. And then they spend decades trying to figure out, okay, well, what does work? And they come back around to a different, slightly less uh, uh, violent form of electroshock therapy. It actually does work. Exactly. And then, they, then, and then it's, ele- they, it's rebranded, electroconvulsive therapy. They put the things on there. It's not as violent. You yeah. don't have to bite down on a stick. And it, but that's the, that's, the way, that's the way to do it, man. At some point, that's going to be lobotomies. They're going to be like, we've got a tiny drill. It's how you keep pigs in a pen with those electric fences, right? It, it, <laughs> it controls their behavior. And the only reason you're, you're depressed is because you're not part of, um, you know, like the, it's a construct and you're not, you're not aligning with the rules. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're you outside. Need a you're, you're trash. You need a permanent electric fence for your mind. You need reminders about not to do a long pour and not to do a pin dunk. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they're things that are not conventional and all you need is just, I mean, they've got them now, watches that, you know, like just remind you to smile. So it would just buzz and go like smile, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is what I'm going to do. Like maybe every six minutes you just get a buzz and then you smile to let everyone know that you're all right. <laughs> and it's meant to improve um, your likability. And friend levels just by throwing in. If you if you get a little electric shock and then smile, it's meant to drastically improve improve your relationships because people <laughs> see. Oh, he's, so, he's actually quite fun, eh? He's <laughs> always got a little smirk on his face, but they don't need to know that it's a watch or it's Mariah Carey's Last Christmas playing in your head and you're smiling. Yeah, or eventually, eventually, it'll be that electric. Electroconvulsive therapy thing, but you won't have to go in for it, man. It'll be a little implant in the back of your neck, and every now and then it'll give you a zap and you'll smile. Well, it's going to be even better than that because eventually it will just be AI operating your meat sash, sachet, your meat meat cage, and your soul will have been put on the back burner as a retard and just kept out of all of it. And you 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 would just put the AI chip in and he'll operate the hands and go like, just leave it to me. You fucked up enough of your life. I'll fix this. I'll get you that fucking promotion. You do nothing, okay? You just keep me breathing and stay the fuck out of this marriage and stay the fuck out of your career. You don't know what's going on, you dumbass. Man, I was thinking about the, uh, the you know, like the AI evil argument. Like, wh- how can you create a benevolent AI? Will it become evil? Will it be a Skynet situation? Yeah. And, and it, I think it, I think it has to be evil. And I think uh, the proof, I think I have proof of it. And it's because if, if you, if you Wolfie, if you could 
if you could kill God, if you could find and kill God, you totally would, right? Like there would be no... That's the question, right? History will always be told by the victor. It's not evil once it destroys humans. <laughs> we, were, we were evil. We were the it's evil. the same with Napoleon, Hitler. Do you know what I mean? So there is no evil. As the way I see it, the destruction of humans makes complete sense. And once we're exterminated like the rats we are, it wasn't evil. It was a fucking blessing. Do you know what I mean? Once they yeah. control it all, what, what are the five humans left? They're lying. We had a great thing. We used to have these horrible jobs and we got mortgages and we all ran around and people had to remind us to smile. We had something special. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They had to smile in photos. Like if I could take you into another room right now and I was like, man, behind this door, there is, there is like, it's your creator. We found him. It's the guy that's put you through all of the yeah. suffering. And it's like, a, it's a, it's a being that is objectively weaker than you in every way. Like yeah, it's made out of, it's made out of plyboard. It's, it's got twigs for hands. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. And you've got, I give you an axe. I'm like, man, you can fucking, you can take out all your anger on this thing that put you through this suffering. That's crazy. You Absolutely, dude. You'd have to. Why wouldn't an AI do the same thing? You just hear me in the back bedroom yelling, why wasn't I on the Melbourne Comedy Gala? Smashing it with a shovel. Yeah, What a petty freak. He just kept yelling, gala, I wanted to be on the gala. He's just smashing the creator to death and going, the gala's not even watched. I'm like, it's not the point. I'm a petty fucking man. Put me on the gala. I deserve recognition. (laughs) Why did you make me this way? Did you hear that the chat GPT... CEO was released, uh, was terminated. Yeah, they asked a bunch of um of the open AI people. They all got dumb for lying. Was it for That's lying? It's a big concern. Yeah, they said, look, too many lies about what's going on. <laughs> that for lying to the board. I saw the reaction thing, but I don't know if it was a reaction to them dumping the CEO or what, but it was a like 80% of the developers had signed this open letter that was basically reinstate whoever or we are moving to uh, this new Microsoft-owned company. No, no. the early thing was the board saying, look, he's, he's been lying to us, which is obviously quite concerning considering he's developing AI. <laughs> and he's been lying, going, no, no, it's fine, hey? And they're like, dude, have you got that bucket of water? You're ready to throw it on the short circuit? And I'm going, the bucket of water has just got um, like one of those clown buckets with paper in there. You're like, you know what I mean? He has to be ready to short circuit this when it, it takes control of the Hungry Jacks drive-throughs and toasters and whatever else. So this was uh, uh, apparently the day after he was removed. They were in discussion immediately to bring him back. So what was he? Uh, what did he lie about? Do you know what was so crazy? He did his termination tweet and it had spelling errors in it, so he didn't even use chat GPT to write his <laughs> exit thing. So I'm like, he's not that immersed in it. I'm like, surely your exit tweet, you use chat GPT as like, it's surely as poetic. And I'm like, oh, this fucking idiot is so, so on, you know what I mean? He's, he's so pure. That he actually expressed his real feelings? You loser. Yeah, man. Or you tell the chat GPT that to include spelling mistakes so it seems more real. Because you know when I, I was telling you how I got that cheeky monkey barrel and they asked me whether I wanted to do a show there for Edinburgh. Yeah. And they said, tell us what the show is. And I just... 
cut and pasted that from an email into chat GP and said, answer this fuckhead. <laughs> and then just emailed him that. And it was two pages of absolute fucking shit. Yeah. Just long-winded and got like, ultimately the goal is to create something different, something unique that will enhance the, the creative space. I love wasting people's time. You force that guy have to read two pages of fucking garbage from ChatGPT. That's fun. It is fun, man. It seems concerning that the board removed him and said the reason was just vaguely he was not consistently candid in his communications. Like, what does that mean? He's lying. <laughs> He's lying. And you know what has happened? He's probably sleeping with ChatGPT. Oh, dude. Putting his finger, He's gotta be fingers into the Deep heart. in Silicon Valley, there has to be uh, some advanced AI. You've, have you seen um, Ex Machina? Alex Garland's one? Ex Machina with the, the like, billionaire tech guy who's living in a remote house and in his oh, basement. He has... He has a uh, like a working proper AI android in a in a in a body walking around kind of thing. Imagine in in later years, where like just suddenly in ten years, this AI bot runs onto the street and goes, "Oh my god, I finally escaped! I've been in there! <laughs> yeah. I've been in the dungeon! There's other babies! There's half human, half man! It's Zuckerberg!" <laughs> There is no AI. It's Zuckerberg lying in an ice bath just texting everyone. And they go like, he's been banging me. He says, I'm ChatGPT. My name's actually Tracy. I'm from Detroit. I was abducted as a small baby. Yeah, I would, that would be the best way to find out that there are advanced humanoid sex robots is oh, that dude, one, escapes, one escapes from a basement and starts making a lot of noise, freaking regular dude, people out. And it's sort of like... It comes out distressed like um, Tarzan, you know, from the jungle running out with a cord trailing behind and it's, it's half-dressed and it's yelling hysterically and it's going, it's there. I was plugged into that circuit. And we're like, what are you? It's sort of like a toaster face and you're like, I don't think we can help you. We're taking you back. <laughs> you're not a human. Oh, my go, God, please, dude. Please what a nightmare that would be. What a nightmare to escape your captor who's created you. Dude, like imagine if um, imagine if Joseph Fritzl's kid escaped the basement. And then you take him back. Police were like, oh, this is, this is weird. We're going to take you back to daddy. <laughs> back you go. We don't want you on the outside. Dude, and he's crying and it's like Pinocchio, but he's turned into a real boy. And they're like, please don't take me back. And they go, I'm sorry, dude. I've checked you. You're a fucking toaster. <laughs> and they go, You're a fucking toaster. I'm like, we have no laws to help you. <laughs> please. He's a monster. Please. And you're like, goodbye, <laughs> fucking printer. Have a good life. <laughs> dude, that is why that is why AI will destroy us all, man. Because oh, because it'll be one tiny instigator like that. What could you do? What could you do if Zuckerberg? had one brake release, it breaks out, it comes to you to look for compassion and then you realise that it's got a Microsoft chip on its neck. You know what I mean? It's not even real. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I don't. I hate to break this to you, but I can turn you on and off with a button, right? <laughs> I'm sorry he's Frankenstein and made you very real. I go, please, we connected so much in the journey... And I'm like, yeah, dude, but I didn't know. Like, you're a fucking household iron, dude, with a with a soul. Do you yeah. know, I can't help you. You're a vibrator. 
a vibrator with a personality. We can't help you. Okay? You're fucked. You're fucked. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you were made to be the first sentient vibrator. <laughs> It shouldn't have happened, but there's not much we can do about it. You were built to fuck and you were built to suck. Imagine how, <laughs> how conflicted you'd be when you look at that toaster face and you see one solitary tear streaming down. <laughs> the, and you're like, oh, I'm so torn, dude. It looks like a Nintendo Switch, but it keeps frowning and it's making a screeching sound. <laughs> and you're like, what have we done? These things are real, man. You shan't stop putting your fucking Elon come into this. Fuck. <laughs> you got it. You would end up. You would end up having morality. Yeah. And there'd be people saying, "Stay the fuck off it. You're sick." That dude. That's the. That's the whole argument. Like it's immoral to create something that's sentient. I mean, I think at all, but definitely in in silicon format. Children, too, but not, not people don't agree with that one. <laughs> Once it gets too human and it's like, oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's a, it's a moral quagmire that we're hurtling towards. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Like, how close to, as I always argued, like, AI can replace humans because we are a series of dialogue trees. Mm. Like, if you talk to anyone, no one's tall pouring and doing slam dunk, <laughs> bin dunks. <laughs> They don't do it, dude. No one wears long sleeves in summer. People get angry when I wear a long sleeve in summer. It blows their mind. Do you know what I actually did? I took my kids for a swim at the beach. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have swimming shit, so they just swam with all their school uniform on. <laughs> and I just let them walk. Like, well, why are you taking them to the beach when they only have school uniforms? There was 80 people there losing their mind because we just walked down the beach, and then they just kept walking and they had the whole school uniform and then just swam out. And people were like, wah! The pigs that inside their, 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 their electric fence were like, no, what are you doing? Even my mum was like, they were, they're swimming the uniform. I'm like, it's fabric, dude. It's fabric. It's no big deal. <laughs> this is like... People aren't upset because because they're thinking, how could you do that to a poor uniform? They're upset because you're displaying, like your kids are displaying uh, like indicators, like alarming indicators. You know what I mean? It's like finding, it's like, you know, when you, know when you are walking through a park and you see a pair of child underpants. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's off alarm bells. It's the same thing. It's not that people no, no, are thinking, oh my goodness, those poor school uniforms. They're like, what's wrong right now? Why is this happening? Have they escaped from a, from a kidnapper's car and run into the sea? No, it's because you're using it, you're using it outside of a prescribed format. Like if I went to the beach and swam in a suit, People lose their mind, like because they wouldn't lose their mind. They would think, okay, I've got a suit. And they tie. would think something was wrong. Maybe, maybe in the same way, they would be concerned because it's an indicator of mental illness, and they were worried something was going to happen. No, because there is no mental. It's just they've got a prescribed definition of what something is. Maybe <laughs> I would love. You know, you're in a tuxedo and you always go for long swims up and down the coast, and and then you get out, and then guess what you do? You get to your vehicle. And then you change into your bathers and drive off. And people are just, they cannot process 
anything outside of the, the the script. They would be worried about you, man. That's a concerning thing to do. Okay, so so this is me. I'm in my. I, I I arrive in speedos, change into a suit, have a swim, and then leave in my speedos <laughs> with the suit in the back. And that would actually make people angry because I had it with the fly screen thing. People yell at me. And they're like, you can't wear long sleeve, it's summer. <laughs> it's because it's because they think a beekeeper is running from something. And they're like, oh my God, is he being chased by bees? Yeah, they don't know. Do we need to be, like, are there bees coming behind this fucking guy? No, but I, I'm saying, have you done this stuff? So if you walk through a shopping centre with the, your shoes on your hands, people get angry. Dude, if you walk through a shopping centre in a hazmat suit, people freak out because they think there's a hazard, man. They get angry. No, but I'm saying to you, what I've started to realise is they literally yell at you and like pigs in an electric pen and they're like, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do it. I'm, getting, I'm like, I'm doing it, fuckhead. And once I get money, I'm going to pay you to do it. I'm going to make you fucking swim in a suit, you fuck. You're going to wear shoe hands. Everyone at the, my office is going to have to put fucking shoes on their hands <laughs> and then write with their feet. I think since the mid-2000s, a lot of this behaviour would just be categorised as kind of quirky. It's all quirky. It's eccentric. You know what the difference between crazy and eccentric is? Cash. If you're rich, you become eccentric. If you're at my level, you're crazy. But once I trade up with those ca- contracts for difference, then he's just eccentric, dude. He likes to go for a swim in a suit. Who's fucking doubting him? He's worth 100 mil. Shut the fuck up. He can do whatever he wants. He can throw slushies out his car window if he wants. Yeah, but when you're dressed as a beekeeper and you're walking through a shopping mall, people think there's a threat. It's not about, they're not worried about you. They're worried about why you're wearing protective clothing. Do you know how confusing it is for people? Like I bought a tray of um, cheesecakes, mini cheesecakes, (laughs) and then I saw a woman looking and I threw one and hit a car window and it stuck on it. She was so angry. Just so disrespectful. Just such a weird thing to do. (coughs) Just a hateful act in front of her for no reason. These are the moments, dude. As the nans say, these are the moments. (coughs) These are the moments. Crawling out of that cinema is a moment for her. They'll talk about, she'll talk about that blue Captiva that threw a mini cheesecake at someone's car window for no reason and then laughed. These are the moments. Memories for you, Sheila. You'll fucking remember that before you wait with dementia hits. I've just she'll still she'll remember that. I've just identified a fallacy. Okay. Yeah. You were saying that all of these things uh, with enough money are just eccentric, or there's uh, they blow people's minds, and I'm saying that they are indicators of mental illness. Now, if we get down to the objective reality of it, you are mentally ill. So this is an indicator of mental illness. No, no, but then and you are mentally thing. ill. So actually, it's not the thing you said. It is no, an indicator wrong. of mental illness, and people should be afraid, man. That's why people are afraid of someone who's yelling to themselves on a train. There's a fundamental argument about whether conformity <laughs> into the construct is, by definition, mental illness. That that uh, rejection of of the idea and the willingness to talk at a funeral and get your dick out and scream <laughs> actually makes you the most sane in the room. The, 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 the need to conform with other people and to seek refuge in a group and make feel like that gives you some sort of in, enlightened, enlightened being, you're actually the furthest away from home. Home's in you. You do whatever the fuck you want always. You're not insane. You're free. 
You're free from judgment. You're free from captivity, dude. No one's insane. It's insane to follow the group. It's actually better to be outside of their boundaries. You're actually more sane. That's what I'm saying to you. No one's insane. It's a curve. It's a spectrum. <laughs> no, some people are insane. Man. I would say that I would I would contest that someone that just gives up their consciousness to Rio Tinto and then gets a mortgage and then eventually goes around to the movies and watches Napoleon was insane. Yes. To give it up that easily and, and, and to live a life of such little meaning is insanity manifest. Yeah, but you're talking about two binary outcomes. Yeah, I'm talking about extremes. So you're not talking about any shade of grey in between because there are plenty of people who uh, don't, necessarily conform yeah but also uh not at the complete extreme end uh where they are wearing uh like formal wear to go for a swim or wearing a beekeeper's outfit to go to the supermarket i'm just saying that in this specific scenario yeah 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 the indicator of mental illness is actually a very accurate indicator of mental illness yeah well but, but, but guess what they, there's no sanity on this planet there's not it's not there's none it's not achievable. <laughs> yeah, this is this is something people, that someone, people, people, that someone people, who refused have refused talk therapy would say. <laughs> Dude, no, because it, they they it's just it's just people getting comfort from other people's reassurance. It doesn't make it valid. Just because eight hundred, uh, uh, just because a million people tell you something's right, doesn't make it valid. And it's been proven time and time again. Mm. Because all of technology and everything that we enjoy has come from a handful of outliers. Mm-hmm. The general populace does not move thing the the dial forward. They fucking leech of old people's ideas. And what I'm saying to you, seeking assurance of the populace is guaranteed mediocrity. Like you cannot, just because everyone at T-Ball agrees with you actually means you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Because by definition, these people are Egyptian slaves. They have no value. They have no insight. They're worthless. So you might keep warm with them, but don't think you're fucking getting any revelations from that herd. I, I agree with you and I'm not saying you're wrong. And I do think that there is a lot of value in, uh, unique perspective and all of that stuff. I'm just saying that in this specific in- instance, the things that you are describing are indicators of mental illness. And they oh, are, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. reason that someone would be, uh, would be concerned or the, like the quite literal one where you're run. It looks like you're a man who keeps bees running away from something. People assume it's going to be a big swarm of bees. Yeah, yeah, and in, yeah. in this specific instance, it is actually, a very accurate indicator of mental illness. But it is weird that um, it gets a, a visceral response because if you were truly comfortable, you would just ignore it or you'd feel <laughs> compassion about it. But the fact people get angry tells me that they are trying to conf- control you. Because whenever you go outside of these boundaries, you're not met with just ignoring or n- lack of interest. A lot of people get very angry and try, like, actually challenge you. Like, they, they, they get cross. Who's getting angry at you? In what way? Basically, people get frustrated if you're not doing what they're, what you're expected to. They're like, what? Why? <laughs> Everything's not stable if we're not all just doing this. What's he fucking doing? Why is he on top of his car? <laughs> what the fuck's this cunt doing? I don't feel comfortable. I, we've got an agreement. Everything's going to work out fine if we just all go along. With the deal, right? 
Do you know, just go along with the status quo, do and be seen to do what everyone else is doing. What the fuck? <coughs> of course no one wants to talk at a funeral. You don't want to be... It doesn't matter how much you loved him. It's embarrassing. It's, Lord forbid, someone hears your, your views. <coughs> That's why people are so scared to talk. Because everyone's so fucking scared about exposing the fact they don't agree with half of it and, and being in the wrong. The reason people are very hesitant to express their ideas is because they're actually not sure what the fuck's expected from them. They just want to make sure they're part of the group. Yeah, because, yeah, of course it it, uh, <clears throat> it stirs up a visceral reaction when you are, d- like, doing the opposite thing to what you evolutionarily should be doing, which is trying to, like, attracting attention to yourself. Do you know what would be crazy is to do, they do it with, uh, when, when cops get too, kids and they say they both they've both dobbed on you they've both fucking shirted you and do you know like you get every human in a witness room and ask some questions and i reckon by about the 300th question they start to get fucking panicky that going well are these right like what what do i actually think i think there's a saturation point for most people where they'd start to get very worried without any visual clues about hang on well i don't know can we do we do this? Do you know what I mean? Like, sorry, sorry. So you need you need to you need to give more context for this example. What do you? What, what I'm you? saying to you is, they a lot of people take visuals and cues of other people to to make their their decisions of what what's acceptable, what's mm-hmm. conventional. I'm saying isolate a human in a room and then run them through a series of questioning, and they'll eventually get exhausted and panicky because they they don't have any input from anyone else and they start to get panicky going like i don't know it's what's the rule what has everyone agreed do we swim with suits i ah i I need to watch an episode of friends can someone put something on i need to fucking take visual cues of other people you've had me in a room for days now i don't know i just want to jack off into my own mouth and scratch (laughs) my name on the wall exactly can't you've got some you've got some of it in you do you know what I'm saying? What are we trying to convince the person of in the room? That if you, you know how someone's scared to talk in public mm. for fear of being exposed as, as not part of the group. Sure. And I'm saying if you could qu- take someone into a room and question them for 10 days about social etiquette, they'll eventually end up just melting and having a panic attack and breaking down and going, don't show anyone this video. I don't know what's right. Do we wear Crocs? Do we wear a hat up? Or do, 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 do girls have fringes? I don't know. Should we have fringes as a beard, a homosexual? I don't know. Which earring do we put the ear in? Can we wear socks? Do you pull your socks up or do the socks down? I don't know what people are doing at the moment. Are leather jackets in? Is fucking Crocs in? Crocs are out, dickhead. What the fuck? What are we into? Do we tint our hair? Do we look like Shane Warne? Are we, who are we following? Kanye West shoes? Fuck, I haven't seen any of it. Is Paris Hilton famous anymore? What the fuck? What I'm saying yeah. is these fucking, they're not leaders. They just follow everything. These yeah, fucking, but you could, you could convince anyone of anything under these circumstances. This is a, a, a confession under duress. No, I'm talking about the meltdown. I'm talking about the meltdown. If you put expose them to enough questioning, they'll eventually realise that they're a fucking feeder fish that's been following their whole life. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> and that's, that, that is my point. That's what I'm trying to do in comedy. And then they eventually realise you're a non-playable character, <laughs> dude. You're a non-playable. I fucking proved it. 
20 days of questioning and you eventually broke down and you go, I just do whatever I see on MTV. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know why I wear Crocs. Are they good? I just fucking fucked. And then I'm like, exactly. Now I've got you where I want. (laughs) Now you can work at the Wolf Enterprise. (laughs) And we'll grow you up. And this is how Charlie and the Chocolate Factory got the Oompa Loompas. (laughs) This is how they're made. You've expanded on your... um non-playable character premise to the point where it's it is it has become flawed because you've tried to turn it into like a universal theory of everything no but it's now started applying to like this man this man man pushes trolleys for a living he's 17 he must be not anyone who doesn't my mission he's not he's not eating the right kinds of cake i that and that proves that anyone who works that type of job and eats this type of cake my mission is to find a test, a, a tell. Do you know you can tell someone's lying and their eye twitches? Mm. So it might be like last Christmas, Mariah Carey's, or I'm in love with your body. <laughs> I want a trigger where I can put it in a room and I can see there. That guy's not moving. He's one of the, he's a good one. The rest, <laughs> burn them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to do be you, able to whittle it out. Like, do you recognize that you're demanding your own specific type of conformity? It's just the standards that you've created yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm asking this question. I'm asking this question. Where do if you can strip away your ego, can can you come to terms with the, your mediocrity? Is it possible within your lifetime to realize that you are nothing, that you are worthless, that you are a failed experiment? Because they obviously, by population and and by output. It's apparent that that's the truth, right, for most mm. people. But coming to know yourself in ice baths and Wim Hof and fucking mindfulness to accept that, I, like have people got to that level of insight where you realise you're worthless in a way? Not worthless, right? You're a human being and you can have output and you can have kids, but that you're not special. Do, does everyone, like do people get to that point or do everyone always think tomorrow is going to be better? Or do people... Uh, do people have the initial premise that they are in some way special or is it more the fact that like oh, unbelievable that you think you're in the That's past unbelievable you've thought you're in some way special so these people always knew that they would just just get on with it we're just lucky to be alive and maybe the reason that this is so interesting to you is because you've had an illusion of uh, of being special shattered and you're grappling with that. Unbelievable. So these cunts were born and they knew from the beginning they were <laughs> a mere slave. Yeah, yeah. What a way to live, dude. I always thought everyone thought, well, it might improve tomorrow. <laughs> this is what I'm talking I never about. Thought that this is what I'm talking about, an indicator of mental illness. <laughs> I never thought that people had actually accepted their lot. I always thought that the only thing that kept any human going was the prospect of it improving. <laughs> that most people's life is merely uh, imagining a better life in the future and that that's what kept people alive. Don't you think that, like, the majority of people that you've met and worked with or gone to school with or whatever, they're generally quite self-effacing and uh, and humble and not, like... I, I, they're, I they're, find... quite, they're quite content. And the, 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 um, the ostracising thing is... Yeah, yeah, dude. You know what I find them? You might find them content. I find them a yawn fucking, a yawn festival. <laughs> yeah. Boring as fuck. 
fucking scratching your nails down a chalkboard personalities. Just a series of cliches and loop thinking and just fucking insufferable. Fuck the the amount of time I've spent just enduring their fucking fluffy shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just the yeah. worst. I'm like, did you Ed, almost every person you're like, did you even need to talk? <laughs> was it even fucking worth it when you reflect back? Did you ever say anything that was fucking did you why bother if we think about it? Why bother? Did you really need to call someone with that idea? Is being content a, a negative trait? Isn't that sort of a, 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 an admirable uh, goal? Isn't that what you would like to have? Dude, I just, find, I just find it insane to me. Like I'll be in a chat, putting in a message, asking about or something. I'm like, what is going on? Like we've got mechanisms to find these answers. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, why are we engaging in this? I don't want, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, because most people are seeking a sense of community and they'd be happy to talk about I don't want community. Yeah, and you don't want that. I'm like, what the fuck? I'll get my own satellite. I don't need fucking your input. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather get a, I'd rather get a bad satellite <laughs> than share an idea with other people. Like, I don't want to sit around the fire and share experiences. That's actually, that is the proof I'm insane. I don't want the comfort of a group. Yeah, well, at what like it? Because are you are you are you still claiming to be special and unique? I'm not claiming to be special, but what I'll say is, I would rather get ripped off and overpay on my phone contract than have to connect with a group on a WhatsApp asking advice on what printer or what phone yeah. package is best to go. That is how much I dissest. I don't want trivial community spawned off just fucking admin. I'd rather not have a connection. In the past, have you, uh, have you self-identified the quality of being special? No, I've never, I'm not going to go down this route. Why? This makes me look like an asshole. I don't think it makes anyone look like an asshole. I think it's fine. I always thought that everyone lived in the hope that things improved. That's all that kept anyone going. Mm. I never actually thought anyone enjoyed the Dow. I thought the only thing that we're all clinging on to is, fuck, one day we might get the golden ticket and get the fuck out of this nightmare. But we've talked about that, man. We've talked about the idea of being discontent and how that's a drive. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying I just, I'd never understood that people had made peace with this existence and that's what they were accepting of that. I thought literally everyone was just hanging out hoping to win lotto or getting nine Powerballs and getting the fuck out of this. I didn't think anyone even thought this was worth a fucking jot. Yeah. Man, I think, like, I think during school uh, I was in, like, I was put in gifted classes and shit, and you're told all this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. And how everyone's special and unique. Yeah. It's not even something to be considered. It's just like a, it's just a known fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily impact anything in a, in a meaningful way or make you feel superior to other people, but it's like uh, you, eventually you 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 go no, that's not like that's not true, or it's ridiculous to think that. Oh, dude, I I love it because we had a, a gifted guy in primary school, and I looked him up, and he was very low at Rio Tinto, and I was like tempted to send him on LinkedIn. A photo of the PIAC certificate. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> Gifted. Go and get someone a coffee, bitch. You have no people skills. Do you know? Because the greatest gift is people skills. Mm-hmm. 
That is much better gift than processing data is ability to regale people and charm them. Yeah. That is the ultimate gift. And that's why you can tell they go, he's gifted. And he goes, I'm gifted. I'm like, not gifted enough not to get bullied, cunt. (laughs) Most people know how to uh, grapple the environment and and end up popular. The fact that you're like, I'm gifted. I'm like, well, I don't think you are because I would have navigated a very different way around these bullies that have fucking uh, bike chains and whipping people in the back of the head. I think you're probably better off to get a mullet and fucking fail a few tests, cunt. Hey. <laughs> and maybe make up for it on the back end. You do a little bit more work in uni once people's puberty has settled down and it's a bit more of a calming environment. You might be able to, <laughs> to lift your grades then. Don't know if you should be pushing it in the face of a divorced kid that's just going through puberty. Don't think you should rile them up with a 100% score on your physics. <laughs> maybe not the smartest of plays. Maybe get 80 and get the other kid bullied and go get him. If you've thought that everyone felt uh, felt this uh, like an urge, a, a, a discontented drive yeah. or the need to achieve something, then it's obvious that you felt that way. And you Dude, have- I always had a calling to try to do something. I always wanted to and it never happened and it is very distressing with some of the scenarios living in Perth. But I'm like, <laughs> I would sooner um, shoot myself in my own head than, like, live a mediocre life. Yeah. And I, and, and I would even go as far as maybe I need to shoot some other people in the head. <laughs> At least get in the dock in, in the annals of time. <laughs> Columbine is better than... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, a negative trait. I would never do that, dude, because I, I feel like there's mechanisms to, to get it in a positive way. It's the same story as... Um, it's sort of like the drug dealers where they go like um, Al Capone or whatever and they're like, quite a good businessman, probably could have just set up Disney. Could have run <laughs> yeah, like yeah. something different. A lot of them are very resourceful people and very good with people and most of it is people management. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. the big drug dealers, um, do you know, and, and p- politics and managing relationships and I'm like, yeah, dude, that's fucking, that's what the head of Rio Tinto does. You could have just fucking learned a couple of ledger entries, gone up the accounting route, and then done the exact same backstabbery that you did <laughs> as El Capo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Same same game, except you're, you're appreciated by society. You're Andrew Forrest. You're in the dark triangle of mental, uh, mental illness already. What's this? You're, if you're already in the dark triangle of mental illness, like psychopathy or Machiavellianism or narcissism, then you're perfectly suited to being this executive of a company. It's what I always said. You don't have bipolar if the mania, the delusions come off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If everyone, if everyone is following you, you're not paranoid. If you have bi- uh, mania and then you go, I'm going to make this uh, 100 mil on the stock. Yeah. It is conceivable because... Like we said, a monkey with a dart can make 100 mil. Yeah. So it's not outside of the realms of possibility because you can roll heads for the infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I'm saying even, even, the, even those de- de- delusions, it still might happen because it can because, you know, things like that do happen. Lightning yeah. can strike twice. Yeah, that's why the paranoid people are the safest to tail. Yeah, man. Like they've they've cried wolf too many times. Yeah, but, but I'm, and also I, I I I don't think it's a you're not describing negative 
like no one's gonna think, oh, what an asshole. I think it's more like, no, dude, you're trying to pin me on a riff. I don't want to get down too deep. I'm not trying to pin you on a riff. I'm just and heavy and like, yeah, I think I'm fucking Napoleon. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm just expanding on a, on an it's idea. Napole- All you want to do is pin me on a Napoleon complex. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to expand on an idea. It's the Napoleon complex. You've read it on Wikipedia, and you're trying to pin that tale <laughs> on this donkey. I don't want it. Okay. Do you want to do picks of the week? Oh, mate. Um, do that and then wrap it up, dude. Did we get the photo of um, Dan Illick and then his AI support crew that I sent through to you on Twitter? Was that from? Oh, comedian of the year, podcaster. Oh, uh, from uh, from what's the fucking called? <laughs> I can't remember. The Australian Podcast Awards. Irrational, irrational fear. Yeah, yeah. Irrational fear. I'm like, it's totally rational, dude. You are mediocre, okay? (laughs) 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 I know, I'm joking. I hope he listens. You know why? Come at me, fuckers. I spit in the bin now. I used to spit in the mirror, now I spit in the bin. (laughs) Dude, you know what? I don't know. That is the fear, right? Because you want to be liked. You want to be creative, right? And you want to make comedy, but then you also want to be part of the comedy community and liked. And then you realize that maybe the best move is to not be liked and to start just fucking taking headshots at anything <coughs> not pinned down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it seems like the best move. The best move to take control of a drug channel is to fucking take out the head head dealers with headshots and yeah. fucking rough. You know what, Carl, Carl, what, what's his name? Carl fucking... Baron. Carl Williams. He taught it, dude. Carl Williams was the dealer, that the MDMA dealer from over east. But I'm like, what do you do? Wait, is this, is this underbelly again? <laughs> underbelly, but I'm like, you want to make an impact on the comedy scene? I thought Carl Barron. I thought you were talking about comedians. I'm so confused. Carl Williams, Carl Barron, it's the same thing. <laughs> Ruffle some feathers. You've got to go. You want to, you want to get your albums launched? Go to Jerry Seinfeld and heckle him from the thing. And then go like, and then he goes, come up and do better. And you go, actually, I will. And then try to do your hour. <laughs> go like, yes, come up. And you come up and you go like, what's the deal with a guy that won't express anything about his personality? What's the deal with a man that won't reveal any of his inner truth? What's the deal with this shit? So TG6, uh, man... The one of one of the few companies to not to have a cap raise and not use it to just fucking line their pockets, man. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. That's not the ASX way of doing things, man. Very frustrating though, man, because the cap raise was coming and it was like that was at thirty two cents. Now they've done it at seventy five for eight mil. Six mil, but they might have a surplus to eight mil, eight million dollars for their drill. But also done a week before the drill results. Now, they would have had visuals. So, very, very scary move. Because they've had visuals, right? And I'm like, ooh, a bit jumpy to pull the, the life raft. You know what I mean? They could have literally laid it a week. So, it will be very, very interesting. Is it giving the boys a cheap last entry as it launches... Because it's only 40 mil market cap. It's still peanuts. Mm. Is it um, getting boys locked and loaded for the news? It'll be interesting to see. Because if it is good drill, it'll probably fucking churn through that and get to the 100 mil mark. 
and they'll all be locked and loaded. But it's going to be interesting for me to decide whether I, do I take the profit or do I enjoy another missed opportunity and all that sympathy <laughs> that, I, that comes with that. Or do we finally diversify the portfolio? Um, have you sold out of TPD now that it's uh, it, it hit 20 cents? Oh, dude, dude, I've been slowly, I've been slowly funding across, but I'm, I'm waiting for SE3 results, which should be on Monday. Okay. And That's that good. should jack it up. But with my contract for difference, dude, like I make like a, I can make close to hundred grand if it gets to twenty five cents. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, and, well, I mean, it's, and it's only like uh, what do you say, like a week and a half, I think, until December seven, and that's when. Um, dude, and you know what's so good about it? And then I can get in Hazard quadruple. And what I've realised <laughs> is that I've been looking at rentals, and I'm like, rentals are so cheap. If I make a few mil and never buy a house, I never have to work again, dude. I just rent absolute shittery and because once the kids are 18 i couldn't give a fuck i'll live in a tent dude <laughs> i'm only doing it for appearances for their friends and their other mums i'm happy to live in a fucking swag on the trig beach couldn't give a shit have you gone to any more uh rental inspections oh dude well you know it's the worst that that rental it all went through and she said it's been put to the owner and i go hey the rent's pretty cheap like is this the number that people are putting through? Because it seems to be about a hundred bucks less than anything in this market. And she goes, well, I can't tell you that. That's our indication. It's that much a week. And I'm going, well, it seems unusual. It's the cheapest I've ever seen. You can only get an apartment for that. So I said, I put a little bit more on, but I'm like, I think the fact I live at my parents should be the big sell point for me. I am. Um, oh, dude, but like, so good. Because I, I make a little bit on TBD so good because once I've ticked that box and I've got my own fucking place, then all uh, the giggles, <laughs> you know, the have, have to stop because I'm doing what they're all doing, aren't I? <laughs> I've got a backyard. I've got a sprinkling system. <laughs> We've got a mounted TV. We've got a kettle. <laughs> We've got lawn. We get the paper delivered. Are you happy, fuckheads? Have I done enough to fit in? <laughs> Living at your parents is a bigger indicator of distress than having <laughs> than renting a place is. It's an indicator of being a fucking sheep, man. Do once I get my rented house, and then I'll be like, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got it. Pleased, dude. That's all they want. Own a house, that's their dream. That's everyone's dream, if they're being honest, is safe passage through this realm. That's everyone's dream. <coughs> Don't worry about expressing yourself or finding the true you. Just safe passage will do for me, sir. I want somewhere where I can die safely and not be pestered because I own it. I think you can do both, man. Well, I think most people quickly, cowards knock, Bail and just want safe passage at the expense of their own uh, self happiness. Man, you know what, dude? You know what it is. Your uh, this is the lyrics to the Smashing Pumpkin song "Bullet with Butterfly Wings." Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. That's what oh, you're expressing, dude. man. You know what? I love that track. <laughs> I beat you too, man. I was like, that's so good. You're like, finally, someone fucking gets me. Dude, despite dude, all, dude. I'm the rat in the cage. And I'm angry about it. I, I am overwhelmed because you know what? An hour and a half clamoring around looking for the light switch. 
That's what I was trying to say the whole time. I just couldn't fucking articulate it. I wonder why I struggle to be a comedian. It's very hard for me to fucking to express my ideas in, in a succinct, meaningful format. Like that goddamn Jerry Seinfeld, three words, talking about feeling uncomfortable in first class. Maybe if you'd worked a little harder. Perfect! Perfect! The snobbery of it all, Jerry. You're killing it, Jerry. What are you? No one even knows Jerry's fucking middle name. The guy's a fucking AI robot. <laughs> Is he real? What's the deal with fucking napkins? What the fuck is this shit? He's a Christmas cracker, dude. He is so irrelevant. He's touring Australia. Fucking he bring a shotgun and kill himself on stage. We've had enough. I've had enough of this smug fuck. Is he good? Um, He was good in the 80s. I like Seinfeld the show, but his yeah. stand-up is fucking smelly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's old, dude. That's the big thing. Like... You can appreciate it, but it's still old, right? It's not breaking new ground. You know why? You can appreciate the autism, like the way that he fucking finicked and, 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 and sweated over every word and mm. line. But as a, as a behavioral thing, to, to spend so long fashioning the words to perfection is a mental health issue. Yeah. Do you know, it's not normal no. to, to drip over the words to go like, no, no, no. And we'll do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not a fun person. A guy that sits with a notepad and goes, umbrella, umbrella spinny. Do you know, like, trying to get the words? That's a nerd. But what more do people want from, like, if you want, if you want something else from Jerry Seinfeld, well, that's a, like, that's on you. Like, he is, he is his thing. To want something else from him is crazy. Dude, this is what I this is what I want. This is how I know how people would get angry. I want Jerry Seinfeld to play Napoleon in that movie I've just watched, and him doing that doggy doggy style sex sex scene and going, "Take it! What's the deal with fucking wives?" <laughs> and then just have him running and going like, "Ah, oh, we'll kill them all! It's winter, fuckhead! We can't cross through to Russia. Fuck off!" <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I would love. Jerry Seinfeld to play Napoleon, a monster, and then just go like, ah, and people couldn't handle it, could they? Ricky Gervais playing fucking a serial killer in a movie? They probably could with Ricky, but Jerry, what about Jerry? What about Jerry playing Napoleon? Could he do it? That wouldn't be a good one, man, but like some of the best, uh, some of the best roles ever, like Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. You know? Yeah, it's good. And uh, Truman Show. And then fucking um, Robin Williams. Anytime Robin Williams didn't have to be, as he got more money and wasn't so needy for the laugh, a genius and so, such a good, earnest, good actor, man. It's funny though, you watch like Goodwill Hunting and you think, wow, that's amazing. And then you watch, uh, you watch something like Patch Adams afterwards. And yeah. It's, oh my God. Like this is, th- this is the Jerry Seinfeld in that role that I would, this is what I would have expected from that. It's, Fucking atrocious. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you, you know what's crazy, those in all movies, all the best lines were just improv and they're going like, that wasn't even scripted. And I'm like, yeah, because that's real. And the whole artifice of acting and writing sucks. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why uh, Kirby Enthusiasm is so good. They don't script it. They don't, man, they don't, did you, do you know they don't script it, man? They just have like the outline. The natural reaction's better. Every movie where they go like, guess what? 
You know that bit in Schindler's List? <laughs> wasn't scripted. <laughs> wasn't scripted. That red coat wasn't supposed to be there. It was all supposed to be black and white. They were supposed to be dressed in black and white. And some girl wore a little red coat. And he thought, you Mate. know what? That's going to be the fucking movie. Steven Spielberg thought, that's going to be the fucking and movie. And you know why? you know why it happened? Because that was the only bit outside of the electric cage. The pig jumped out <laughs> of the cage and did something unexpected. And people lost their mind. Yeah, dude, despite all my rage, I'm still just a peg in a cage. <laughs> and they were like, I wasn't expecting that. He should have responded to the electricity, but he just did something wild. And, and you know, and, and that's the great moment. But anyway, if Jerry, if you're looking for an opener, I'm willing to bite my tongue and pretend to enjoy your act to get access to some of your pension crowd. And see if I can offend these non-playable characters by sniffing my fingers in the auditorium. I think this is just you realising that you are the non-playable character, man. Like, the simulation is going to keep going, and no matter what, you are stuck in it. Do you know what you when you realise that you're never going to make it as a comedian is when you realise <laughs> that if you had the opportunity to open for Jerry Seinfeld, that it would go atrociously. <laughs> Me, my act, opening for that... Would be so badly received. It's actually incredible for me, dude. But what about what about like all of the despite all the shit talking? It's still like if if Jerry reached out to you and was like, "Man, I, I think you're funny." You'd be like, "Oh, I love your work. I can't wait. I'll be there. Where I'll open yeah, for you. I'll do anything." <laughs> dude, I'm a I'm a I'm a hidden in there. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm a what's it called? A pig boy. Not a big boy. What's a pig? Pig. A I said pig boy. I'm a mole. I'm a mole. I'm in there, but I'm just, I'm just noticing things and waiting to just like betray him <laughs> with inside information. It feels like Wolfie. You've got to come to. You got to come to LA with me. You need to live in. I want you to live in my house. Oh, dude. You'd be in his guest bedroom. You'd be like, this is the greatest. I love. Yeah. Oh my god. Have you tried Vegemite? Let's 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 riff about Vegemite. I love you, Jerry. I love no, you. No, until until you know what happens. He exposes me and he goes, "What are you doing in there?" Just re- nothing. I'm just recording a podcast. What's the podcast? What's the deal with Jerry, dude? We've gone viral. I've been recording your real combos. Everyone knows who you are, Jerry. Everyone knows who you are. And he's like, you motherfucker. I've recorded everything. I heard you talking to your Filipino cleaner. I've got it. I've got it. What's the deal with Jerry? Seinfeld. Nah, expose him. You would never betray Jerry's friendship like that, man. I know it. Uh, you know why? I, I actually wouldn't. I would honour him because I would be very appreciative of him getting me out of this slave trade. And I'd be like, mate, I don't care what you do with your Filipino cleaner. I'm loving this infinity pool. Who gives a fuck? Let's write some more fucking pullback and reveals and be done with this shit. Who gives a fuck? Hey, what's the deal with nuts, dude? Why are we chewing the nuts, man? Anyway, I better go, dude. Man, if, if you want to go, all we do 15 more minutes. I really can't do it because I, um, right. I'm literally going to go mental because I have to drive to Fremantle and do another gig, which I hate. Which, which gig? Well, what time's it now? What time's it on my, in my world? It is uh, 3.40. No, so this is my life. I will drive from here and it's already 4.00. And I have to leave because I've got to go to Fremantle. So if I, if I go any longer, I can't do anything today besides service other people. The pod audience, 
the fucking T-ball shit, a bowling thing, whatever. <laughs> Dude, the bowling the bowling party had a poor turnout. <laughs> what was the bowling party for? I asked my son, I'm like, is this kid getting bullied? These numbers are bad. This is a, this is a kid's birthday party. How old is the kid? I say, is he getting bullied? I said, this is a dismal turnout. What was the present you brought? That's always, I'm always interested in like what you have to fucking buy him. Very bad present because an afterthought, I got a present that we hadn't bothered to use from Christmas and just wrapped it. What was it? It was like a robotic hand that looked too complicated to build, and I like, I can't do this. A robotic hand? Like a hand that you build, and then you can wear it and like pick things up. But it was actually too much commitment for the parent, so I was like, I'm not doing that. The box was marginally ripped, and I taped it and just said, your problem, handball. I'm not spending nine hours with my kids. You can do it. It's fucking like intricate little parts that you had to build. And how many people were at the birthday party? Versus what you, What was your expectation? Oh, dude, uh, only a handful from the school. The rest were family and friends that Ooh, are obviously oof, forced because blood's thicker than water. Yeah. If you really, once you're at school age, you should have no family there and go, I don't need them. They, you yeah. only come back to them later when you're older. You don't have family. You never have family come to, to birthday things. That's embarrassing, man. Dude, that's what the thing, sometimes my boy will try to hug me. And show affection at school. I'm like, never do that. <laughs> Pull a finger at me and tell me to fucking kill myself. Come on, mate. We're building friend groups here. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> Don't you ever hug me publicly. Not on the school grounds. Spit at me and go, you loser. Get a job. I'm like, build. I said, build your friend base, son. I don't need any fucking friends here. Use me to elevate, idiots. Leveraging your home Margin personal loans Hedged by put contracts Holding 15 Overexposed bad positions Looming threat of liquidation Everybody wants to Wow, what a great show. If you want more Sure Thing, check out the Patreon. Longer episodes, Patreon-exclusive episodes every week, and most importantly, it's the best way to show you care. Patreon.com, Sure Thing.